Alrighty. So welcome back. I'm put back because we haven't been together in like a month, month and a half or so. But of course, the IPL podcast, it's Levi Peckinpah. It's Ian Nickel. It's Parker Terrell. Fellas, how you doing? I'm I'm doing good and happy to be back. Um, I'm on the Pac-12 boat. Um, rip, uh, rip them. Um, hello, Twitch. Happy to be here. Uh, it's good to be back in my own house. Um, for those who don't know, I was at a, a summer camp all summer, which is why uh, we there hasn't been a whole lot of episodes um, in general. Uh, I've been looking at the because I, I you, you got to follow the podcast. So on Apple, the last podcast uh, uploaded was uh, April twenty fourth, and that hurts. <laughs> yeah, I feel it, so bad. The rest have been we've had a couple live streams, and uh, OPS decided to be a butt whenever it came to those live streams. But the great thing is I've been able to make a lot of configurations and a lot of googling, and. I've got it not only to where we're going live on Twitch right now. Of course, I will tweet that out whenever we start uh, that it's on the IPL Twitter Twitter account or X account, whatever it is. And not only will we have it going on Twitch, I've actually got this still recording on my uh, laptop like we normally do for Zoom, in which we also got the Zoom Pro because we also, uh, I didn't tell y'all, there was a 50% discount that uh, I ended up receiving on there, which thank goodness we went from $19 a month to at least for like the next three months, it's like $8 a month. So we are very much in the clear there, but a little bit more, is it innovation on the IPL podcast that we're doing? Yeah, something like that. I'm glad to be back. Um, hello, Twitch. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I know that we took a summer break, but that's fine. I guess this would be then season three of IP of the IPL podcast, right? Starting off season Uh, three, technically, um, starting off season three strong with some new tech, with some new, hopefully maybe get some new listeners, uh, via Twitch. Um, Mm -hmm. so thank you all for, for listening so far. And we are going to, we are committed to more content this season uh starting off with this mega two-part college football preview show starting right now um where we're going to go over realignment Uh, of course that means all of college football but mostly the big 12 uh pac 12 preview big 12 preview uh and then some heisman predictions um that will be this part one today. So, but yeah, we are back, folks, and um, let's just get the party started with with realignment thoughts. Levi, Ian, what are your thoughts? Of course, we're talking about, um, as Ian alluded to, the Pac-12 essentially being no more. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will be in the Big 12 next season. Um in addition to, as announced last year, USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. And then after all that went down with the Big 12, Washington and Oregon now are joining the Big Ten, leaving only Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, and Cal as the Pac-4, as they are colloquially known at the moment. Can we play taps for, for the Pac-4? 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's sad, you know. I I think there were there were a lot of numbers thrown out there because, of course, it started out as like like a lot of other conferences, the Pac-8, then it became the Pac-10, and then it became the Pac-12, and they actually had more than twelve teams. So they were they were thriving at one point. I believe that they had on the table two years ago pre-COVID. I believe the largest deal, uh, TV deal of any conference, and they turned it down. I don't know. You, y'all might know more, but they had a deal on the table, and they turned it down for more money, um, and uh, a better deal never came <laughs> for the Pac-12. So uh, it, it was a combination of bad business decisions, bad leadership, and uh, just general apathy from the fans out there on the West Coast. Um, that has led to this demise in a sense. And it's sad. Uh, Nobody wanted college football to, to go to this. I think that the regionality of college football is something that makes it so unique uh, and separate from the NFL. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, I, it, we can make all the memes and the jokes we want, but in the end of the day, I think, I think that it's, it's a sad, sad state that we're in going forward. It's just bad times out here if you're a Pac-12 guy. Yeah. That's the problem is there aren't any Pac-12 guys. It's their, the their their general um, you know, mediocre f- fan bases I think played a contribution to this and that's not me trying to um say that they don't have great fans i mean usc is is one of the great brands in all of college football as is oregon as is ucla has had a resurgence lately under chip kelly i think there are great great fans at washington states of the world but it's more of the general apathy of the higher-ups of the conference and of the schools that um that I think led to this more than the fans. So I don't want I don't want to say that it's the fans' fault because it's not. Right. I mean, when we I mean, there's great fan bases all over the Pac-12. There's Oregon. There's Washington. Washington State's a big one. I think Oregon State, when they're good, uh, definitely a lot of apathy at USC, UCLA. Uh, the way you kind of have to look at it is that it is unfortunate. Uh, with you know, there's no Pac-12 after dark. There's no uh, after this year. But what stinks is that it takes away from the football, because the Pac-12 is going to be really good this year, and we're going to discuss it later on. But I, um, I wish it would stay. The way the dominoes fell, and we can trace this back all the way to 2010, when uh, Nebraska left the Big 12. When AM left for the SEC, when Missouri left for the SEC, is about the money, is about the dollars. And also, I mean, I think ESPN and Fox had a big time thing to, um, big time deal with it. They were a contributing factor for sure because if they already have the Big Ten deal, Fox already has the Big Ten deal, right? And 
if they already have, you know, Oregon and Washington, why do they need the Pac-12? Because they already got those four or those USC and UCLA out of there. Same with the Big 12. Big 12, they have the ESPN money and a little bit of Fox money. But why would we need to make have business with the Pac-12 if we already have this deal in place with the Big 12 and with the Big 10 and with the SEC? Now, I think... I hope that there is a resurgence or that something falters and they're like, oh, we can't leave. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Pac-12, they've shot themselves in the foot, fumbled the bag, all-time bag fumbling, all of that. Could we see a resurgence of the Pac-12 someday? Maybe. But I do think the Big 12 made out like bandits as far as getting like don't get me wrong big 10 they got the big brands but big 12 they got some solid consistent brands over there with Dion with colorado if he stays there for a long time that's huge they mm-hmm. already have history arizona and arizona state you're bringing in a rivalry that's that's huge you have utah coming in utah has been they are as consistent as they've come the last 15 years Back-to-back Pac-12 champs. The back-to-back champs. Pac-12 champs. Um, And all that, I mean, they they have several festivals with the Mountain West. Uh, They have been one of the best teams to not make the playoff, one of the best programs to not make the playoff in the last, you know, 10 years. So this is – you're conflicted because the Big 12 has undertakered itself – but the Pac-12 is dead, and you can got like this is where it's gone too far. Oh, you're in Texas leaving. They make sense because they're close. These schools are not close to Rutgers, to Maryland, to Penn State. That's where it doesn't add up. So it only does it money wise. So, um, I'm very curious to see where it goes. Because I have no idea. Yeah. Levi, what are your thoughts? Levi might be doing something right now. Uh, yeah, but Levi might I'll be. Just, I'll, I'll piggyback off that. Yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the process because I thought that the audio for this was just going to pick up on the uh, – wait, let me just – it doesn't matter. I, I've stopped the live stream for half a second because OPS has decided now nah, we're not going to catch that Zoom audio. So I'm just trying to link that back up real quick. But for the Pac-12, because the great thing is I still got this recorded, so we'll it'll be on the podcast. Um, for the Pac-12, it's just it's sad, but at the same time, they had the opportunity to kill the Big 12. Easy. Whenever OU and Texas left, they could have waved the money around to an Oklahoma state and Iowa state, Texas tech Baylor. I don't know if like, I don't know if religious schools maybe cause though some institutions and some divisions of college football, religion, religious affiliation goes into it, but the PAC 12 could have easily squashed the big 12 if they wanted to, if they were that aggressive, but they weren't. And so it originally started with what USC and UCLA, getting taken out and they're going to be on their way out 
after that, you realized, oh, truly, the Pac-12 is vulnerable. Let's rob them. And that's what the Big 12 did. Brett Yormark, even though he's going to look like a hero in the Big 12, he's a bandit right now and just robbed the Pac-12 blind. And right now, the Pac-4, a lot of them are just trying to find out an identity, whether it's merging the rest of the Pac with the Mac or with with something else going to the American, they need to find something to let these other four schools not falter. Those four schools are getting screwed. I hate it for them. I hate it for the students because there's also a lot of students that are going to end up is going to be pain in the rear end for them. But at the same time, no one cares about the students right now. And I hate saying that. But this is about one thing, fellas, and we know what unfortunately makes the world go round. It's the almighty dollar. And it, it sucks in a lot of ways, but on the money end, that's the only thing that the Big 12, that the, the Big 10, what the ACC are thinking about at the moment. Not about the students, not about how this affects any of them. It's about the pocketbook. Yeah, a couple different what? things. A couple different go things ahead. off of that, I think – uh, you know, it's a domino effect. Um, I think that it honestly started when the Pac-12 rejected the deal that ESPN proposed, whatever year that was. I, th- I can't remember if it was two years ago or th- or one year ago. Um, and they wanted more money. And their idea to get more money was to try and go get San Diego State, which was – is a top brand in football and basketball in the Mountain West. Um, and once San Diego State op- opted not to join, but instead went back to the Mountain West, that's where everyone's ears perked up. Um, and credit Colorado, credit Brett, Brett Yormark. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I need a drink. Hold on. Uh, credit credit Brett Yormark, of course, the Big 12's commissioner, for going and getting Colorado because that was the first domino even after USC and UCLA. Um, and like you mentioned, Levi, the students, I mean, it used to, on the academic side, the Pac-12 was like number one. I mean, think of all the academic universities that they had. Cal, UCLA, Stanford, USC. These are all like top 15 academic schools to go to. Mm-hmm. And that prestigious nature is just gone now because there there is no Pac-12. Um so I mean the it's like the opposite of a rising tide lifts all the ships. It's like the opposite of that when you have to go to the Big 10 or when you have to go to the Mountain West if that's what happens. I mean, no offense to the Mountain West, um, but academically you cannot compare what the Pac-12 was and what the Mountain West is right now. Um, And so I feel bad for Stanford. Stanford got the raw deal of this whole situation. Not a decade ago, Stanford was the number one team in the Pac-12. In the Andrew Luck days, the Toby Gerhardt days, the Jim Harbaugh into the David Shaw years, they would have been number one at the table making deals and saying, this is what needs to happen. This is, you know, but because they've been down the last mm-hmm. four or five years, uh, really post Christian McCaffrey, they've oh, yeah. been down. 
uh, they're now getting left out of everything. And I just think that's that's tough for a school that is one of the most storied college football programs. They've got John Elway. They've got Jim Plunkett. They've got Andrew Luck. Um, I mean, the tree is is synonymous with college football. They have the famous game where uh, they return the kick to win and the band is on the field. The band is on the field. Um, and I, I just think that it's really sad to see that happened to them. Cal, you know, they've had their, certainly their success uh, in the past in football. They've definitely been down for a lot longer than Stanford has. And then Oregon State and Washington State, they finally get pretty good at football. And then all this happens, which is so frustrating. Um, Oregon State 100% has a rabid fan base when they are good. And as does Washington State, um, Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. Uh, really had got them humming um and pullman is a tough tough place to play mm-hmm. uh when washington state is good which it seems like they'll be pretty solid this year uh, and the last thing i'll say is it reminds me so much of the big east how the big east uh died uh the first time thankfully they did get revived and they are uh, back to being nationally relevant especially in basketball but um, that last year of the Big East was when Kimba, Kimba's UConn team went on that run. And so I think that's what we're going to see this year with the Pac-12 with how good almost all of these teams are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a great, great 30 for 30 someday um, on, on the end of the Pac-12. Yeah. I've also made the executive decision, and I'll try to cut this out, Uh I goofed up. We'll live stream the next one if I can get the settings fixed. I tried this within 15 minutes. I this is well. Awesome. Cut out the part <laughs> in the beginning, then where we yeah. said we were streaming. Yeah, it's fine though. It's it fine is. though. Technical technical difficulties. Well, technical difficulties. do we want to talk a little bit more about how this affects the Big 12? Do you mean? I mean, they won. <laughs> Congratulations. <We> won. <laughs> Well, the conference that was left for dead three years ago um, are, are all those years when, when Nebraska, Missouri, and Texas A&M and Colorado left in 2013 or 2012, around that time. Um, you know, the Big 12 was left for dead. All the jokes about how they're called the Big 12 and they only have 10 teams. Um, Bob Bowlesby had to scramble and, and went out and got TCU, went out and got West Virginia and uh, stabilized the conference up until that time uh q 2021 when the news was announced may have been 2020 actually when they announced byu arizona ucf and houston um and then uh which ushered in the brett yomark area era uh, and all of a sudden uh the big 12 while losing texas and ou has gained uh, eight other teams that are going to keep this conference afloat for a long time. It's all of a sudden the best basketball conference by far, uh, adding the absolutely elite program of Arizona uh, to go along with Kansas and West Virginia and, you know, these elite basketball teams. Houston, another elite basketball team that got added. Um, And I think that it's just a, a win all across the board 
um, for, for the big 12. And one of the great success stories, uh, in all of college athletics from where they were, um, to where they're going to be next year, uh, as we enter this 12 team playoff era. Um, I, I mean, we basically added the big, the OSU of the PAC 12 in Utah. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're what's mostly compared to, um, and Arizona's on that come up. Arizona State's on the come up. We play them this year out there in Tempe, so we're going to get a little bit of a preview. Um, and Coach then, Prime. of course, Coach Prime in Colorado. Prime. All the success that they've had in the past in the Big 12 definitely fell off uh, in the last few years, but I think Coach Prime is going to have them um, ready at some point. Definitely not this year, uh, but always I'm excited. down. Did you say ten? To- Did you say ten toes down? I said eight. Yeah, he, oh, he's missing no. a couple. Yeah, he's missing a couple. Yeah. Oh no. That's brutal. You didn't have to do that to him. But also, if you're gonna if you're gonna fight, he wants the whole team to fight. Right. Um. So we see an on-field skirmish. Everyone's gonna go. What do we think of uh, – how do we want to do this? we just want to dive into the Pac-12? Any other uh, thoughts on the on the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, we had the Big 12 won. You called the ambulance, but not for me. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the halftime show for the Big 12? Because that was – Oh, me. that's right. Nelly, shout out. Oh, gosh. Uh, from uh, from the longest yard, longest the re- yard, yeah. The remake with Adam Sandler's that Adam Sandler that he uh, all time movie. It's a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, it's uh, a good movie. Plenty I of, just uh, wrestling stars. Yeah, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Stone Cold Steve Stone Austin, Cold, Greg Colley. Greg Cull- oh yeah, Bob Sapp. <laughs> now, my I've broken my nose. <laughs> My problem. Did y'all see the uh, oh. Kyler Murray picture? Uh, and compared comparing that to the Tracy Morgan uh, of the Longest Yard. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Oh, that's so so good. Why is he wearing that? I know it's hot in Arizona, but God, he was inside. He was inside. <laughs> he needs to fire his PR guy. Whoever's taking that photo. No. Like, this would be a great, great halftime show. For one thing, I think it's cool that there's a halftime show for the Big 12 Championship, but this would be a cool halftime show in 2005, not not 2013. Yeah. That's what I was worried about whenever it gives, like, it's going to be, like, they're not going to get a big name. It's going to be like this. And, again, I I joked. It would have been so much cooler if they got Ice Spice. <laughs> like, apparently, she's way too big for for that. That's like not even in the same. Nelly is not even in the same like. Not even close. Tier. Nelly does not fit into those Air Force ones that Ice Spice has. Yeah, but so. I'm. I don't like. You couldn't have got just like a pro. Like for me, Big Twelve because it's a lot of just Midwest schools. 
get a primetime country artist, especially like to me coming off of this, the Super Bowl. And I know it's just the, the national anthem, even though it's probably the best rendition ever. Like Chris Stapleton, a performance in Jerry's world would have been Why you got to bring that up? Why you got to bring that up, dude? Hey, it was episode one, season three. We're already we're already back to the pain. Hey, but Chris Stapleton is probably has one of the best renditions of it's the, the best. Well, yeah. Whitney Houston and Fergie. Just kidding. <laughs> Whitney Houston and Chris Stapleton are the two best ever. It's just it's so hard for me to watch that video again because I was like right there with Coach Sirianni, like tears coming down my eyes as I prepared for this game. And it just brings up so much pain. But we're going to exercise those demons this year when we win. Okay. <laughs> sure. So here's the list of uh, rejected. We're only better. For the halftime show uh, for the Big 12. We have James Blunt, who's saying mm. uh, you're beautiful. Uh, Neo. Uh, I would have loved Neo. But that would have been 2010. 2010. Tonight, uh, I want all of you tonight. Neo would have been great. But at that point, you need to bring uh, out Black Pitbull. Eyed peas. No, God, uh, Black no. Eyed Peas, no, no. Jeez, Cat, no. <laughs> exercise those demons. Uh, Cascada, we say every time we touch. Uh, gorillas, uh, I guess, weren't available. Oh, Gorillas would have been great. Gorillas do not play stuff like that. Oh, they definitely do not, but that would have been dope. I would have loved that. D4L, who's saying Laffy Taffy. I'm literally just looking at the 2005 charts. Oh, uh, Bow Wow, he said no. Hey, we need to get 50. Bow Wow out there is so be- uh, easy. is he still alive? Yeah, he is. Did yeah. I read that? Yeah, Arctic Monkeys, DHT, Crazy Frog, Oasis, Eminem. Probably Eminem. He was on, too big. Too big. Too big. Okay. Way too big. We're going. Also, for- he's retired. Nah, you right, guys see him walk right out with the retired, man. Terrence Crawford. Yeah. Uh, for that Crawford Spence fight. Oh, instead of Eminem, get the band he was in, D12. That's how you get the loophole. No, no one liked D12, but we like Eminem. What if we just got All right. skulls? What'd you say, Ian? What'd you say? I said, what if we just got Skittles? <clears throat> what if we got... Laffy Taffy. The what about Dua Taffy. Lipa? Are, is the Big 12 not big enough to get, like, Dua Lipa? No, 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 no. Oh, Dua Lipa's too big. Dude. Too big. No way. Uh, we couldn't even get BB Rexa for her to do a bad lip sync. Oof. I saw BB Rexa in concert, actually. Uh, she was the opening act for the Jonas Brothers. It was great. She get hit in the eye? Uh, no, this was pre-people throwing stuff at performers, which I am so much pro-performers attacking back. Like, if someone throws something yeah. at me, like, I'm throwing something back. Yeah. Just because you're a performer doesn't mean you can't. Like, shout out Cardi B. Th- throw that mic back. <laughs> Got I a mean, did you than- see what happened to BB Rex? Was it BB Rex that had the black eye? Like I think that. So. I don't know. Looked like it hurt. I think I'm now rooting for a BB Rex a halftime show. White card to uh, be thrown in like she was great. prime Tony Romo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she reared back. She reared back to throw that thing. She would have killed that guy. Didn't I don't think it landed. 
<laughs> didn't get injured like Tony Romo. All right. I don't know about that, Jim. Pac-12 preview. The last. I don't know, Jim. Let's take let's take one a a two second. R.I.P. Pac-12. Moment of silence. Thank you. Pac-12 preview. One of the greatest years uh, in the Pac-12 coming up. There's really only two bad teams, Cal and Stanford. Uh, and even I think Cal might be like a five-win team. Um, Stanford is bad. But I've got on my list as contenders – USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon. Next tier, Oregon State, UCLA. Fun but flawed, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. Okay. Uh, My championship is probably USC, Washington, and I'm gonna say, man, I don't know. Can wash? I don't know if Washington can get the job done. I think USC finally breaks through. Man, I'm sure our Oklahoma residents, our Norman fan base, will love that uh, statement. Um, I cater all my content towards them. One hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I'm just going to Washington because uh, I, I love Michael Penix. That guy can ball. Mm-hmm. Like, even if, let's be realistic, Washington's More ball, than Caleb Williams. Ah, no, Caleb Williams balls up. He, Caleb Williams is going to be like a top two pick. Between him and Drake May. Like, it's, it's a two-man race. But at the same time, like, I just in general love Michael Penix. He'll probably, like, fourth or fifth round QB in the NFL draft, probably. Probably. I mean, what he can do is dynamic, but Caleb Williams and the rest of that squad, insane. It's going to be – it's it's really going to be USC that will take the Pac-12 pretty easy. Well, not pretty easy because there's other good schools, but it'll be it'll be USC. I'm not so sure about that, guys. Um, is USC's defense going to take that step? And I just don't think they will. I know they got Mason Cobb, um, you know, Oklahoma State guy. I think he'll do good, but there is just something about USC this year that I am not high on. I think the I think they will do good, but I don't think they're going to make that Pac-12 championship again. Um, they do have a brutal schedule. If I if I will interject. Uh, they got first game San Jose State at home, Nevada at home, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona. But then they've got Notre Dame on the road, Utah at home, get a break with Cal. Then they've got Washington at home at Oregon, UCLA. Yeah. That's a pretty tough schedule. So I think what's going to happen with them, they're going to beat Notre Dame. They're going to be high. They're going to lose to Utah immediately. They're going to beat Cal. They're going to lose to Washington. And I think that they will lose at Oregon. I think there will be a spiral right there, and it will prevent them from getting into the Pac-12 championship. Um, Utah, what – I feel like we everyone always underrates Utah. 
And there's one there's one of two games that I think they will slip up. September 29th at Oregon State. It's a Friday night game at 8 p.m. And then I think they go to they go to Washington. That's the other game I think they slip up. I am I think I told I told you guys on the text. I said earlier in the year I wasn't going to drink the Washington Kool-Aid. My brothers, I've done it again. <laughs> I've oh, done no. it again. I'm drinking the purple Kool-Aid. I think so, Washington's going to win this year. So if they go for another four or five wins, do we blame you this time? If they go four and eight, yes, blame me. I will just retire. They um, lose to Montana. Lose to Mon- well, it's Montana State. That's what makes it worse. Um, but, yeah, purple Kool-Aid uh, for life. Uh, I think it's going to be Washington and Utah and the Pac-12 championship. Um, Oregon is good, but there's one of those – it's one of those things with Oregon – I cannot trust Bo Nix completely. I cannot say, yes, I think Bo Nix is going to make it to the uh, Pac-12 championship. Can, can you guys? Also, I think they might lose to Texas Tech in week two. Uh, I think Oregon in year two under Dan uh, Dan Lanning, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they'll be improved. This is going to be Bo Nix's last year in college football. Um. So, again, I, I think it's USC has the most talent on paper, and then Washington, Utah, and Oregon are kind of all in the same tier. Uh, and honestly, Utah is not on paper as good as the other two, but they always find a way, and they're the back-to-back defending champions, so they deserve that respect. Um, I do not see USC losing three games. Um, let me just – name off some of the guys they brought in in the portal. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina, Dorian Singer from Arizona, who was all Pac-12 last year. Offensive linemen, uh, Emmanuel Pregnon, Michael Tarquin, and Jarrett Kingston, three starters. On defensive, on the defensive side, they brought in Bear Alexander from Georgia, who was a part-time starter last year. Anthony Lucas from A&M, Jack Sullivan, Purdue, Keon Bars, Arizona, in addition to Mason Cobb, Jamil Muhammad, Christian Roland Wallace. So they reloaded in the portal, um, and they have Caleb Williams. I mean, he he's the best. We saw that firsthand. He just doesn't lose games. I mean, they, uh, they lost that game to Utah. He was hurt. Um, noticeably limping, they lost and to Tulane. they did lose Tulane the last second. Um, but I, I just think this could be the breakthrough for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans, where they finally can get to that playoff, get to the playoff. I'm saying that they might get to the playoff. I mean, they could if they if they mm. if they go whatever it is. Uh, what would the key one, wins two, be? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, key wins nine, would be Notre 10, Dame. 11, 12. If they went 11 and one and won the Pac 12, which would be 12 and one, they're 100% in the in the playoff. Their oh, key no. wins would be, yeah. I mean, yeah. Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. 
it's yeah. it's it's always the factor though just how yeah. credible does the cfp how credible do they think the pac-12 is this year i mean from i think it's really credible yeah i I don't see how they wouldn't be credible i mean from our perspective it is i i agree like i think these are very competent teams but it's it's always in the hands of the cfp and if usc slips up it's kind of like with big 12 it's unless unless you're the sec like you're kind of in the one thing of if you get two wins you're probably going to have a hard time trying to see if you can make a pass. So if USC goes like 11 and one, yeah, there there's a great chance, but no one has the credibility that an SEC has. So you got to kind of have to be on your toes at all times. The SEC though, um, I would argue might be down this year. I mean, Alabama doesn't know who they're going to start at quarterback. Georgia has a new quarterback. LSU has the most experience. I would say that the that the SEC might be not not as um, people won't be saying that they should get two teams in uh, as much as they have been able to say in the past. Um, and that's also factoring in. I think that the Big Twelve is down this year as well. There's there's not one elite team in the in the Big Twelve. So um, top to bottom, I would say the Pac twelve is is right up there with the Big Ten as um pretty stacked so i think with the sec it's a lower ceiling but a higher floor this year i think the sec east has uh they've gotten a little more competitive i think kentucky is going to be much better with dennis leary wait devin devin leary dennis leary is the actor my bad (laughs) um i think south carolina is going to be pretty good i want to see if spencer rattler progresses as much as you trust rattler i would think he would uh i know one guy in particular is not high on them um florida is there missouri's decent vanderbilt's not going to be anything of note tennessee tennessee with joe milton they could be something they won't be with him with I feel a little uh, bad for Joe Milton. I feel like the media has really put so much pressure on him. Oh yeah. No, if he does not perform, he's it's Jover for him. Like he's not good. The expectation like, he, is there. He was he was good in the bowl game, uh, but at Michigan he was he was awful. Well, he was like I third think, or fourth string. You know who else was Alan Bowman, but we'll get to that later. And uh, Alan Bowman can't throw it. 80 yards from his knees. So, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think Josh Heupel's offense will be more effective for Milton, and I think he will be better in that system if, uh, yeah. if any. And we, can, and we can save the SEC talk uh, for part two. But, um, but, no, I think there's just two bad, two bad teams, really three bad teams. With Colorado, do we think Colorado is going to make a bowl? Probably no. not. Uh, so three bad teams um, in the Pac-12. The rest is just going to be fun. Pac-12 after dark this year is going to be so mm-hmm. electric. What's going to be funny is, go ahead. Big 12 after dark next season. That's coming. That's yeah. Actually, yeah. That's actually coming. Ooh, I can't ooh, wait ooh, for. Ooh. 
Baylor Utah, nine thirty. Oh. Why wait? You can get that at 11 o'clock uh, week two. Uh, yes, yes. Week two, Oklahoma Rematch. State, Arizona State. 9.30 p.m. 9.30 Ready. <laughs> FS1 game of the week. I'd rather have that at like 9 a.m. Not. It's going to not... be our guy, uh, Spencer Tillman, and what's the other guy's name? Oh, Tim Brandon. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't like Tim Brando. No matter what happens with the Pac-12, uh, I would like to put in for a vote that on basketball broadcasts, uh, we get Bill Walton. I was going to ask, do you think he that he goes – he's probably going to go with UCLA. He's going to be Big Ten Network Conference of Champions. Oh, yeah. He, he's one of them. 100% going wherever UCLA goes. But if I'm mm-hmm. the Big 12 and I'm Brett Yormark, if I realize what what's hip in this world, it is Bill Walton out of his damn mind on broadcasts. Younger, hipper, cooler. That's more of a ESPN thing, I think. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, but... bring him in. Oh, I guess he can. Any way you can. Mm-hmm. He'll have to come. To... We've won, boys. <laughs> we get Bill Walton. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So who is your... Uh... Pac-12, Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Ian. So I do have Caleb Williams winning the uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year again. Uh, I, What I think, basically, I mean, he's going to get the hype and he's going to deliver. His team won't, his defense won't, but he will. Mm-hmm. Coach of the Year, I got uh, Kalen uh, DeBoer, if that's his name, a coach of Washington. I think he's going to deliver once again. And if not, um, I think Oregon State's coach, I want to say his name is Jonathan Smith. I'm kind of bullish on Oregon State as well. Uh, It'll be one of those two, I think. Yeah, I think it all comes down to DJ Ulyan Galilele. Uh, Of course, a transfer from Clemson, former number one overall recruit. Um, if he is good at Oregon State, I think they will be solid. Um, if he is not good like he showed at Clemson, then they will be uh, average. You know, he seven. That, he wasn't that bad. He was bad up to that standard. He wasn't that good. He was he was average at best. A lot. Well, I mean, you come from the Clemson standard of for the past several years of Trevor Lawrence and not NFL, but Clemson Deshaun Watson of top tier quarterbacks. And then you go from DJ, you go from Mount Olympus, like somewhere in the valley. It's it's tough. He just struggled against um, lesser teams. That was his problem, I think. He um he never had that like five touchdowns against NC state type game, uh, which Clemson is so used to, but I think there's tons of talent there. And I do think that he's trying to prove people wrong. Um, he's gotten really far away from Clemson Mm -hmm. about as far away as you can get. Uh, and he's back on the West coast where he made a name for himself as a recruit. Uh, Washington State this year, they were my uh, darlings last year. Um, They still have Cam Ward at quarterback. I still think they're going to be fun. Um, Arizona, I think, could be the surprise 
team along with Oregon State. Um, they've got uh, Jaden DeLaura, DeLauta, a quarterback, um, along with Jed Fish at coach. I think they're going to take a big step forward, um, maybe that 7-8 win type territory. Arizona State, OSU's opponent, um, they don't know who they're going to play at quarterback. They brought in Drew Pine, who started a lot of games at Notre Dame. Um, but it sounds like their true freshman, Jalen Rashada, is going to start. So that'll be interesting. It like, sure sounds a lot like OSU. Um, uh, yeah, so Arizona State, of course, they have um, a new coach. Help me out with who, who went down Eddie there. Eddie Dillingham. From Oregon, right? From Oregon, yes. Yeah. Um, Colorado, Coach Prime, they're going to have a good quarterback in Shadir Sanders, and they're going to have a really good overall player in Travis Hunter. Uh, not much else. So, you guys think they beat Nebraska? Ooh. That's How are we feeling about Matt Rule? Back in college football. Give me Colorado. Colorado will beat Nebraska just because I feel like right now. Well, the thing is, it's two terrible teams, but I feel like Colorado at least has some of the better overall talent with Shadir Sanders and Travis Hunter. And like, if we give it a couple years, Matt Rule will eventually get back to where he is, you'd hope, for what he was able to do at Baylor. But for him, we saw that it takes time. Like, for me, of course, the the Pac-12 player of the year is going to be Caleb Williams. I'm going Coach Prime as Coach of the Year, and you might be like, well, that's that's crazy. If you can get five wins out of this Colorado team, in which I'm thinking five to six wins is what you get out of this team at the best, like I, I'd give Colorado and Coach Prime a Coach of the Year. I mean, you took them – there's the basement. There's wherever in the world Colorado has been if you can get four to five wins, like we're definitely talking about coach prime as coach of the year. So they've got in addition to Travis Hunter and Shadir Sanders, they've got Jimmy Horn jr. From South Florida, Derek McClendon, the second from Florida state, Savelle smalls from Washington, Leonard Payne jr. From Fresno Demoy Kennedy from Alabama and miles slusher from Arkansas. Just a couple of the major transfers they got. Um, now I don't think they're going to be like Michigan state a couple of years ago that, um, with, uh, Kenneth Williams, uh, made it almost to the playoff with a team full of transfers. Uh, cause you notice I did not mention any offensive linemen in that transfer list. Uh, don't know who's going to block for these guys, but you're right. I think if they if they get bowl eligible, then he deserves coach of the year 100%. They were 1 and 11 last year. I mean, maybe I, I just don't think that'll happen. Um Let's look at their schedule. Chance. Jamie pull that I, up. Oh, I, I have it pull, pulled up already. TCU. Okay. At TCU loss. loss. L. Nebraska win. Toss up. Colorado State Win. win at Oregon loss loss against USC loss loss 
at Arizona State. Loss. Ah, it depends on the quarterback. If it if it is Rashada, you maybe could go win, but most likely loss. That's a questionable one for me. All right. Uh, let me get back to it. Stanford. Stanford win. win. So that's UCLA. Loss. loss. Oregon State. Loss. Arizona. Loss. Loss. At Washington State. Loss. At Utah. Loss. So at most. Four. Four. Again, I'm yeah. I think it's just my optimism for what I think Shadir can do because I saw some I saw what that guy could do at QB that he's pretty good. And if there's still question marks with some of the under tier of the Pac-12, I, I think five games can be reasonable. With all due respect to the SWAC, uh, Shadir is going to be doing going up against a much different caliber of player. Shout out to the SWAC. Uh, Shadir is going to get slacked. Yeah. Get slacked. So, um, if that is it... Oh, wait, no. We need e- Levi's winner, coach of the year, and um, player of the year. Oh, I, 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 oh, okay. Uh, I, I told y'all I got USC winning. Mm-hmm. I got player of the year. I'm going to go with Caleb Williams. That's obvious. And I'm, I guess it's, I, it's the optimist in me. Plus, also, wouldn't it look great if you bring in Coach Prime? with all the success to the pack from the pack. Well, to the big 12, that'd be great. I'm going to give my optimistic side and I'll go with five, six wins for Colorado and coach prime gets the uh, coach of the year. I'm sorry. I completely did not talk about uh, UCLA chip Kelly. If they exist, that's all I have. They're <laughs> going to miss. Exist. They're going to miss DTR big time, big time. Um, but he has got them to where they are. Saw a solid team. Um, I don't know who who they're planning to start at quarterback. Don't worry, they don't either. Um, I had them as the next tier, but honestly, I might bump Arizona and Washington State up above them. The last time UCLA's oh, been oh, oh, Josh oh, wait. Rosen. Remember. Uh, they brought in that five-star quarterback, Dante Moore. He flipped from Oregon. Um, but it, it's between him and last year's backup, Ethan Garbers. Ooh. So, but I think I trust Chip Kelly. I think that they're going to be another solid uh, seven, eight win team, UCLA, the Bruins. Um, that being said, I am going to go. I'm going to go with USC winning the conference. <sighs> Michael Penix. You know, I'm thinking that he's got two really good receivers. Washington. I went Caleb Williams to be safe, but my heart is saying Michael Penix so bad. Drink the purple Kool-Aid with me, brother. Bro, I'm, not think- I'm not just thinking I'm- about drinking. I'm thinking about jumping in. That sounds delicious. Dude, Especially, yeah. Especially on, I'm I'm say- on the defensive side, man. I don't mind some Oklahoma State flavor in Washington. 
I'm going to say USC wins the conference. Washington or uh, Michael Penix wins player of the year. And DeBoer, I guess, would win coach of the year. That doesn't make any sense. That has to be Lincoln Riley wins coach of the year. Yeah. But let's also put the tag on favorite team to watch in the Pac-12 will be Washington. If if we're wanting great action, I think Washington's the team to go to if you just want like a great football game. Or um, Oregon. think and i mean usc is going to be fun to watch guys i mean it's still lincoln riley offense do we got do we have any sneaky teams i mean oregon state would be my only sneaky team yeah there is sneaky i think i think we're discounting oregon i think we're really discounting oregon are we? I know that I know it's Bo Nix. I are know we? it's Bo Nix. Are we? But it's his it's are his we? last year. Last year they started off the worst possible way, getting absolutely lambasted by Georgia in the opening game. They rebounded though. He found his footing. He had a bad game against Washington, but we we later understood that Washington was really good. Um I think Oregon in year two under Dan Lanning might make some noise. I just am not familiar with any of the transfers they might have brought in. The first game for Washington, by the way, is Boise State. If they lose, I... Wait, is it at Boise? No. Okay, good. Thank goodness. If it was at Boise, I I might have to buy a full clown suit, man. Like, Make sure if you do, it's in the Boise State... Blue oh and, no! Blue and orange. No, why would I? I would get in a purple, wouldn't I? Well, no, because Boise would be the team to be Washington. Oh so. well, yeah, but just what? Second year, I fell for it. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I okay. Well, now I'm scared. <laughs> um. Yeah, Is I think it- that's so. Let's recap real quick. So. I went just for recap. I'm officially switching. Uh, player of the year for the, for the Pac-12 is going to be Michael Penix. Winner of the of the Pac-12 will be USC, and my coach of the year will be Coach Prime. Ian, what you had? So I got Washington over Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. I have Caleb Williams as my player of the year. I have Kalen DeBoer as my coach of the year. And then, yeah, that's it. I I had Caleb Williams. I, I had a whole USC. Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. I had Michael Penix, Michael Penix winning player of the year, USC winning the conference, and Lincoln Riley being the coach of the year. You boy because I think if, if USC wins the Pac-12 and only has one loss, they navigated a really tough schedule, and they, they would be number one, and Lincoln Riley would be the best coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Big, big time. This is what you waited for. Big dozen. Big, the big 12. Big time rush. Where are they at? I've got the contenders. I think this is the conference with the most parity this year. We've got contenders, Texas, TCU, Kansas State, OU, Texas Tech. Next tier. Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas, UCF. Bottom, 
Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, Iowa State, West Virginia. Uh, Do you I, all agree? I have something I want to run by y'all, and I gave this on my radio show, the Afternoon Sports Drive on the Triple Play Sports Radio Network. I have West Virginia in total only winning one game this year. Am I crazy? Let me take a look at their schedule, but I think I'm on the right track with you. I mean, what is it? They'll beat – is it? Is it like – I can't They're even pronounce the it. They're going to lose. What's that second team? I can't pronounce it. Oh, Duquesne. Duquesne. Duquesne, okay. Duquesne. They're going to beat Duquesne and then lose everything else. I think you're – yeah, I think I'm with you there. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't stupid. I just wanted Cincinnati's to make Cincinnati's sure. pretty bad. I'm sure they do get Cincinnati at home. I'll take I'm Cincinnati sure over West Virginia. I'm NBYU sure they'll be at home. one other team. But uh, I, I think I think one win and Neil Brown gets fired midseason. Hmm. Oh yeah. He's he's a dead man walking. Yeah, and he at Big Twelve Media Days, he was upset that he was named that West Virginia was the last team in the Big Twelve. Well, I I just think that dude's he sees the writing on the wall and he's not gonna do anything about it. They could just simply be better. Uh be that'd be <laughs> easy if you easier uh, said than done. Especially since West Virginia is just well, a garbage they didn't, fire right now. They didn't do anything. They didn't bring any big time transfers. They just kind of stayed put. Um and that's just not what you can that's just not the not the way in, in 2023 how to win football games. Um that being said, West Virginia did beat Oklahoma State last year. So um they had the, that to hang their hat on. It was in the worst weather conditions imaginable, though. It's like so many asterisks on top. I, I agree. I agree. That the, the the weather was very bad. And then but it like, was a home game for OSU. With what your second stringers and third stringers everywhere? And all of West Virginia's first string? West Virginia was bad though last year. That's not that's not what we're debating. I th- I agree with you that they're gonna be really bad this year. <laughs> um yeah. if y'all could continue along on. with Iowa State. Along with Iowa State because they uh, don't have a quarterback anymore. You wanna yeah, man. bet I on that? Took that gamble. You want to bet on that? I would bet on that, and I would be right. Well, so would Hunter Deckers as well. Yeah. What? What a. Uh, I'm. I. I hate to. To to kick people while they're down, but there's just like one thing that you can't do, and they did it. Uh, I'm. I mean, He's just you deserve cool. everything you get. <laughs> he was watching that big cat stuff and he was like hey you know what i'm gonna ride with him <laughs> like you know these guys got a point is this wrong hey, you know what? was that wrong the george the george costanza meme was that wrong like yes if it's it's illegal to bet on college football games if you're if you're a player but why were you betting on your own games people i mean Bet on yourself, baby. If it was like you bet on <laughs> like San Jose State to cover against Stanford, like, okay, whatever. Still wrong, but they were betting on their own games. 
And apparently the guy who will not be named from OSU, uh, he, uh, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I only read the headline, so I'm not even gonna try to explain what I saw, but it's oh. just, it's confusing and, um, and frustrating if you're a Iowa State or Oklahoma State fan. You see the uh, the kicker in Iowa. In Iowa, what a yeah. genius! Yeah. <laughs> Bet the under on the Iowa Iowa State game. I was like, "You genius, man! Well done." But who who are we thinking? Um, Ian, you're first. Who do you got as your got uh, contenders? All right, so my contenders, uh, I basically have five. I have uh, I have bona fide contenders, and I have the could contend. I have Texas. I have Kansas State as kind of my bona fide contenders. I have Texas Tech, OU, and TCU as the could contend, uh, could be contenders. I would say I have OSU, Kansas, and UCF in my six to eight win range. Mm-hmm. I have BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Baylor in my four to six win range. And I have West Virginia and Iowa State in bad. So that's kind of where I have the Big 12. I think you have five or six, roughly, teams that could do well. I mean, Kansas and UCF, they could easily contend, I think, as well. Um, I want Houston to be good off the bat. I'm just not sure. And also with Baylor, I mean, Dave Aranda, like we think he's a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. He needs to prove it this year. I mean, yeah. he won the Big 12 in his second year. And then how did he do over, last year? Over the best OSU team in a long, long time. And how did he do last year? Uh, They made a bowl last year, right? They're like, he's 20 and 16. Yeah. He went 2-7 in 2020. He, they lost a bowl game to Air Force, I think, in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. So he's 2-7, and 12-2, and 6-7. And it's kind of a put-up or shut-up before um, to prove that he's not a, uh, a one-year wonder. I'll tell you what about Texas Tech. Um, they have a tough schedule. I'm high on Texas Tech, as are most people. They believe were not ranked in the preseason AP, but they were in the coaches' poll. Um, They've got at Wyoming, Oregon at home, uh, and then their Big 12 schedule is West Virginia, easy, Houston, Baylor, K-State, BYU, TCU, Kansas, UCF, Texas. That's pretty tough. So if I, I'm gonna look at there's I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the schedule myself. I think what'll happen with Texas Tech is they, I think they will beat Oregon, they will beat Wyoming, they will beat Tarleton, they will start up the season. What is that? Six and zero. They will lose to Kansas State. They will. Beat BYU, lose one of TCU or Kansas, although that is a Thursday night game, so I'm not – I don't know how TCU fares. So they may lose at Kansas. 
but they will lose to Texas, and that'll be for a Big 12 championship berth, and I think they'll go roughly 9-3 and three, Alamo Bowl. Okay. I disagree. I, I don't think they'll beat Oregon. Game. I don't think they'll beat Oregon. Yeah. I think there's a chance. Lubbock at night, tortillas. Oregon's never seen an environment like that as far as well, – Oregon Stadium is bonkers. Autzen Stadium no, is you're, famous. No, you're absolutely right. As soon as I said that, <laughs> they've never – I don't know if they've ever seen – as far as opponents' fields are concerned, I mean, maybe Washington, definitely Oregon State, but I think Texas Tech kind of rivals them in that area. So as far as atmosphere is concerned, uh, I really, really like Joey McGuire. So great hire, great hire. I do. I, think I mean, he's, he's the big Oregon. reason. He's the big reason why Baylor had that great year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tortilla for you, Ian. It's starting to <laughs> starting to to be clear that he was a big part of that Baylor defense that was so good uh, when they won that Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like the consensus among college football pundits, insiders, and and the IPL podcast is that Texas is the front runner. Um, we've seen this song song and dance before from texas but i just don't see how they're not the best team on paper they easily are easily i mean this is the story we we say every single year texas up and down are the best team because they have the most talent that they get out of the transfer portal or they get out of recruiting they always have top recruiting classes it's being able to put it together it's seen as steve sarkeesian is about it is he about it about it if not let's get another guy in here they do this every single year or every couple of years where it's all right we're going to rotate till someone actually matches the quote-unquote texas like legacy or whatever can they match with what everyone believes texas should be able to do and sark's got an easy opportunity is they are built this team is built offensively and defensively to potentially make a run at the CFP, especially in you guys are saying a potential down year for the SEC. And we'll get into that in part two in the, the next podcast. Well, if it is Sark has a chance to do what the PAC 12 didn't do to the big 12 step on the neck and actually have a big 12 team, not get blown out in a college football playoff game. At least shout out to Tech for TCU for getting that first game against Michigan, but then getting the doors blown off of them by Georgia. You can actually maybe throw some fists at some other big teams. TCU hang the banner. They won they won a game. That's all that's all I could say. Here's the thing with Texas. Last year, all of their losses were by seven points or less. When they played Alabama, they lost by one. When they played Texas Tech, they lost by three. When they lost Oklahoma State, they lost by seven. TCU lost by seven. Washington lost by seven. So they're on the cusp, it seems like. They were a very good eight and five team that probably shouldn't have been eight and five. You lose Bijan, but. And Roshan Johnson. And Roshan Johnson. And a couple linebackers. Uh, who I think are yeah, Demarion Overshone is a guy that stands out that they lost uh, on the defensive side. 
But isn't Jalen Ford touted as the Big 12 like preseason defensive player of the year or something like that? Yep. They did get some pretty good uh, transfers. I mean, Adelaide listen. Mitchell from Georgia. I, yeah. Uh, Jalen uh, Catalan from Arkansas. Um, again, they bring in Arch Manning. They bring in Gavin Anthony Holmes, Holmes a five-star linebacker. Gavin uh, Holmes. Derek Williams, who's a safety four-star. And they uh, still have several, several receivers. Still have uh, the top wide receiver. Well, second top wide receiver in college football and Xavier Worthy. Yeah, th- I mean, they've got that combination of Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, and Jordan Whittington is the best receiving core in the Big 12. Xavier um, Worthy is going to be so good. Their their offensive linemen's got guys like Kelvin Banks, uh, mm-hmm. Jake Majors, uh, and then Jatavion Sanders is a great tight end who broke out last year yep. as another offensive weapon. Running back is going to be uh, kind of a committee, it sounds like. Maybe Jonathan Brooks takes over but they definitely don't have Roshan Johnson and Bijan anymore mm-hmm. um and from all reports it said it seems like Quinn Ewers has taken that next step he cut his hair um and and from what everyone is saying he looks like that first round draft pick um that he was touted as coming out of high school so Texas they let me also just I'm looking at their projected depth chart let me just go through their defense, uh, just the ages. We got junior, junior, senior, sophomore, senior, redshirt, senior, sophomore, senior, 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 senior. And yeah. that's not even including Catalan, who's a senior, and Gavin Holmes, who they got from Wake Forest, who's a junior. It, so it, they're stacked. It is one of those things. It had, if not now, when? I said this last year. It's got to be this year, right? There's no way. The Big 12. Especially with the rest of the Big 12, yeah. like no other team being elite. It looks so down. Yes. There's no way. It has to be this year. This has to be Texas this year. So it won't be. That being probably. said, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if they're going to make the playoff. I, um, <sighs> At the moment, subject to change, obviously, I have them in as a fourth seed. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, I am the contrarian. So, what I have, my Big Twelve title matchup, is going to be Texas taking on none other than the man who loves to spoil every single party he's ever been to, Chris Kleiman in K State. Uh. I it just it seems like it's going to be a staple that Chris Kleiman is just going to be the undertaker of the Big Twelve. Whenever you feel like he got him dead and buried, oh congratulations, he's going to rise up and choke slam you. Uh, I've I've got K State being very 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 good this year, very good. You have them beating Texas. I do. Okay. That also will play into my player of the year as well. Ooh, are you gonna have you gonna have Will Howard as your player of the year? Maybe. I like that a lot. I don't have it, but I like that a lot. Now it's gonna be the ghost of Spencer Sanders, but nice try. Uh 
He's an old man. He's That's a backup said. now. Watch. No, he's not a backup. He's like yeah, Spencer third string. Is the backup. He's, no, he's third string. Oh no, they made a third. I thought Walker Howard from LSU, the transfer from LSU. I thought he was second string. I didn't think uh, so. In their spring game, Sanders played second string. Oh, reps. Sanders. I thought they made Walker Howard second string. Okay, but yeah, my bad. So he's second That's string. Crazy. So I have the same I'm looking. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not with you, Levi. I I think Kansas State's going to be down. Actually, whoa, um, whoa. I do I do need to look at their roster more tightly. What I'm telling you right now, though, is TCU is going to be good again. Mm. They they lost Quinton Johnston. I get that. They lost Demarcado and Kendra Miller, and Max Duggan. They lost all their playmakers. They, they lost, lost everything. Hodges, good. Hodges Tomlinson. But listen to who they brought in. Oh, he's still there. No, Hodges Tomlinson's like in – I think he's no, with the he Rams. Gone. He's no, with the he's Rams. Gone. Yeah. They brought in John Paul Richardson. That's they crazy. brought in JoJo Earl from Alabama. They brought in Trey Sanders from Alabama. They brought in um, Imani Bailey from Louisiana, who – he's the guy that I sent you all the video – he looks like Derrick Henry, like mini Derrick Henry. He's huge. They brought but, in Avery Helm from Florida on defense. Uh, they brought in uh, another guy right here, Tommy Brockmeyer from Texas. Or sorry, from Alabama. Like they brought in a bunch of guys to fill these holes. And yet Chandler Morris is going to be the QB and – Chandler Morris, who was the starter last year and got hurt. I didn't like it whenever he was in, though. Yeah, they were on a – here's the thing. Um, they, were, they were so much magic this last year. There's I don't think there's a way they can replicate that. Oh, no. The magic of uh, that Baylor game. That's not going to happen again. The, that's once-in-a-lifetime stuff. All of the quarterbacks getting injured, that's not happening again. Um, I think they'll be a decent team, but I don't think they're going to be uh, what they were, yeah. and I don't think they're going to make the Big 12 championship. They're upper echelon, but yes. they're they're not they're not top of the food chain anymore. If you had they a guy are, like Max Duggan, maybe I could say something – Max yeah. Duggan went from, we will all say consensus, the worst quarterback in the Big 12 to having one of the best seasons I've seen from a TCU quarterback and just like college football in general. His season going from worst to one of the first is insane. Yeah. Now you try to replace that. The Max Duggan hate club. That's crazy. I was the captain of the hate club and I joined on midseason. Hate, 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 hate. I joined the fan I, the, the fan club. I joined the bandwagon once I saw the turnaround. And I was like, okay, here we go. I, I would just say they've got multiple redshirt seniors at offensive line again, and they return uh, one, two, three, four, five, at least five or six starters from the defense last year. Um, I, I know they lost their main guys. I know. The heart All of the team the is guys. gone. 
The heart of the team is gone. I mean, Bud Clark played big minutes last year. The soul of the team is gone. Johnny Hodges was their best linebacker last year. He's back. Um, and they still have Savion Williams at receiver, who played a lot last year. He was the he's the guy who looks like Quentin Johnston, but isn't <laughs> that you would just randomly see. So what you're telling me is we're supposed to rely on a wannabe. That's that's fun. Well, no, he was just like they both look the same on the field, and you'd be like, was that Quentin Johnston? And be like, no, it was the other guy. Uh, I I just I think TCU I I. I was as out on them last year as everybody else in the world. And they proved me wrong. Now I will, I'm countering my own argument here by saying that they did lose Garrett Riley, um, who went to Clemson. And I think that he is going to be a huge difference maker for, for Clemson. Um, and we can get into that in the next, in the next part. I'm just saying, I think they did reload on paper. They reloaded on paper. Now we'll see. Um, who did they they brought in um to replace Bryles Kendall Bryles? Yep, yep, Kendall Bryles, who's been in Arkansas. So, I mean, they brought in a solid talent. Um, and then it was really Sonny Dykes' offense too. I mean, Sonny Dykes is is uh as a as good an offensive mind as any in college football. He just wasn't calling the plays. So. You need to find someone that can replace the solo Max Duggan. And the thing is, that is going to be hard to replace. I, again, I just I, I agree. don't know how you do it. I don't know. I agree. That's I literally a man who he's been on the brink of death before and comes back to play for TCU. I, Duggan I, had that dog in him for real. Like, as you can't a, replicate that. As a man that was the El Capitano of the hate club for Max Duggan, trying to replace what he did last year you are going to have a hard time it's i think it's going to be one of those baylor you're going to get knocked this year and you got to really truly figure out what the identity is that sunny dykes wants to bring to the squad oh i don't know about that i don't think they're only winning six games oh i, I didn't say that i said what i'm saying is reality check of you're not going to be like trying to be fully top dog every year you got to figure yeah. it out and be able to adjust on the fly. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Kansas State, talk about losing the soul of the team. Deuce Vaughn being gone, as well as uh, Felix, very hard to pronounce last name. Felix Anyadike Uzoma. I mean, Kansas Kansas State is replacing a lot. Uh, now they do have Will Howard, who I will point out um, did not start the year. They had Adrian Martinez, uh, at who we saw play in person against OU and looked like a Heisman winner. And was buns. Who promptly didn't play again. He was then buns or injured elsewhere. I would say injured yes they brought in keegan johnson as a transfer from iowa hopefully he didn't bet any games um and treshawn ward from florida state to replace deuce vaughn that's who everyone but, is pegging as the breakout player of the year in the big 12 interesting I, I believe that i mean obviously kansas state is known for their run game so they wouldn't bring in a guy who they didn't think would carry on that legacy um 
their defense loses lost a lot from last year as well. Um, and on on offense, the only guy I'm I'm looking at right now, the only guy who scored a touchdown from last year, uh, are Philip Brooks and Ben Sennett. That's it of the starters, and then Will Howard. So, if anybody is replacing it a lot, it's Kansas State. And but if anybody can can do it, it's them, the zombies of college football. They just they will never die. They are the ones that make the most with the lemonade for sure. Um, should them in Oklahoma State, about, honestly. Do what? Them, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. Yeah, probably more so Kansas State. Um, should we talk about the local teams? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about Texas. We talked about TCU. We talked about Kansas State. We talked about Texas Tech. We didn't really go into any details on Texas Tech. Who do we think is going to start at quarterback for them? Shug or Morton? Shug. Probably, uh, yeah. Shug, 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 Choo Choo. I I don't want it to be Shug. I'd rather have Barrett Morton because I think that dude is insane. But at the same time, it you'd be dumb not to go with Shug. You'd be. You'd he be, was insane against OSU. Oregon revenge. He was cheeks the next week. Yeah, and then he got a, hurt. Yeah, you, it's you're gonna need. I think Morton will need a little bit more time in the crock pot, and then he'll probably transfer out uh, this off season. Let's <laughs> like let's be well. Shug, this is like his fifteenth year in college football, so I, I would Retro say Morton season. Morton has the uh, lock on next year if he can, unless they bring somebody else in, and they that's will. That's the process of college football. This but, is year number six for him. This is the Perry Ellis of Texas Tech. And Legit. he also has not started more than seven games. Let's be real. We're, we're going to be seeing Baron Morton sometime. Six in years Tech. ago was 2017. Like he was he was playing college football when James Washington and those guys were at OSU. Why does this say 2019 twice? Good question. Because he got caught in a time loop. Look at his Wikipedia. It says 2019 twice. Yeah. It's also Wikipedia. Don't forget about that. Texas Tech brought right. in a couple of impact transfers on defense. Uh, Steve Linton from Syracuse. CJ Baskerville from San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like on offense, though, they're just running it back with guys that they had last year. Um, Taj Brooks, Tyler Shug, those guys. So, Duran I like, Bradley's I like, gonna be good. Duran Bradley, yeah. I, I I like Texas Tech as well. I think they're gonna have a, a OSU type season, nine and three, like like Ian talked about. Nine three Alabama Bowl, yay! Okay, let's get into OU and OSU. Who do we want to talk about first? Levi, it's up to you because you talk about OSU all day, every day. Let's go OU because we're going to spend more time on Oklahoma State. This is about to be like a thir- three-hour podcast because of OSU talk. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. Oh, Ian, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I think I'm higher on OU than most people. Um 
I, I think Dylan Brooks will take that next step to to being in that upper echelon. I wouldn't quite call him elite, but certainly um, a good quarterback in the Big 12. And if he's not good, they have Jackson Arnold, um, who at the very least will, uh, I think, could play uh, a five-star recruit. Um, coming in was the college Gatorade national player of the year in college or in high school last year. Um, they brought in some big time uh, transfers and Deshaun McCullough uh, to, on defense. I think their offensive line can only get better because honestly their offensive line was along with OSU's one of the worst in the conference last year. Um, Ian has put up a gambling background or uh, Levi's Levi. <laughs> sorry gambling I, background. I'm at Hunter Decker's hideout <laughs> gotcha gotcha also um, um did you mean Dylan Gabriel what did I say I, I said Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks. <laughs> how, He's a huge learn how to speak Mandarin <laughs> you're <a> alert <laughs> Chinese buddy <laughs> they brought in uh Andrell Anthony from Michigan at receiver uh, Walter Rouse from Stanford to play um, offensive lineman. In addition to bringing back a familiar face, Austin Stogner mm -hmm. uh, playing tight end. We definitely remember <laughs> him. He went to South Carolina, said nah, and came back. He took a vacation. Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech and Wisconsin uh, was a transfer who brought in. Uh, they brought in a Juco guy that's looking like that he might start. So they they brought in some some serious some transfers, um, and I think that they're going to have a, a running back by committee in a sense at the beginning with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, hmm. uh, and I, I it's OU like they're gonna they're gonna win like nine ten games. They have a super easy schedule. Yeah, I mean. Unless OU's my, – my problem is, is just I feel like that OU last year, there were so many parts that were so bad. Do you think really the whole – with everything they did in the transfer portal, they can overhaul that? Do you think they did? I think that they – they addressed some of the problems that they had last year. Um, and the guys that they're going to start this year were really young and inexperienced. Um, so the only way they can go, I mean, listen to their defense. They Rondell Bothroyd is a transfer from Wake Forest. He's probably going to start. And then Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe, two guys that we've heard their names forever. Both of them redshirt seniors. Reggie Grimes is another guy that we've heard his name. They brought in the five-star trans or the five-star PJ Adebowale, who we'll see some time. PJ Adebowale, uh, Trace Fort will yeah. see some playing time uh, if he's healthy, which is rare. Uh, Ethan Downs and Danny Stutzman and Jaron Canick and this Deshaun McCullough are going to be the linebackers, a very experienced group headlined by McCullough. Uh, and then you've got Reggie Pearson, the transfer, Gentry Williams, Billy Bowman, Woody Washington, and Josiah Wagner uh, playing in the back end. All those guys have lots of experience as well. Mm -hmm. And then Peyton Bowen is another five-star they brought in who's going to see some time. 
Yeah. Um, I just, I think that they're capable of winning nine, nine ish games. Um, and if Dylan Gabriel actually does start flirting with being elite, then maybe he can take them to even a different level. But I just, I didn't see that last year. Yeah. Uh, I, as I am currently reporting outside of Russell Wilson's home, uh, his 13 bathroom home, uh, he, I think Dylan Gabriel will flirt with being one of the upper echelon quarterbacks like Russell Wilson won't stop flirting with Sierra. I I think that there is enough talent on that Oklahoma squad. And, and truly, I, I truly think that Oklahoma, I think from what I had in the records, I had OU at nine and three. Like last year was categorically bad for OU but it's you're the aftermath of Lincoln Riley going to USC you lose a whole bunch of transfers you're having to bring in Dylan Gabriel from what was it UCF to kind of figure everything out it was the worst situation possible for OU and now that you're out of that it's everything right now for Brent Venables it's his own situation it's everything is officially now in his hands. I I'm I've got OU getting back up into the upper echelon. I got them in nine wins. Guys, what happens if Brent Venables isn't as good of a coach as we think he is? Is there something that we need to consider in that area? Because if he doesn't, I mean, deliver, it's one year. I know, they but had I'm a whole just, team of transfers. I know, but. There's a side of, oh, Lincoln and Riley took everything, or we have enough talent to win 10 games, which is what OU fans were saying at the beginning of this season and last season. So, Well, are, is OU officially going to have Texas standards to where if Venables doesn't do it, he's out this season? There well, is a good to, chance. If they don't make a bowl game, absolutely. You also have to will. think they, they lost Dylan Brooks. Dylan Gabriel, sorry. Um in that TCU game where they got killed and then they didn't have him again against Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think those games might be different. Um, I, I just, I think that OU is going to be a lot better this year and I know their fans are insane. Um, but so let's go down their schedule. Arkansas state. That's win. a win. SMU win. Win. Dub. Tanner Morgan, Tanner Mordecai left, went to Wisconsin. Smart man. Tulsa, win. Win. Dub. Cincinnati, win. I Dub. don't know about that. Dub. That feels like a game they would lose. Ian, Cincinnati's bad. Dub. Um, I, Iowa, yeah. Iowa State. Be that bad. Is it at Ames or in OU? It's at Norman. It's at Cincinnati That's a win. as well. It's early in the year, though. Cincinnati is Big not news, good, though. and it's early in the year. That's a I, dub. I, I don't know, guys. I'm not so sure. You're trusting Scott Satterfield, who won like six games at Louisville and they hired him at Cincinnati. I think he won like eight. I still don't understand why they did, just didn't promote the D coordinator to head coach. That's a great question. Just bring in the back. guy who bring in the guy who was instrumental in making Sauce Gardner as your head coach. I feel like that'd be smart. He had really good years at Appalachian State. He was ten and three, nine and four, ten and two, eleven and two. Then he went to U- Louisville and went eight and five, four and seven, six and seven, seven and five. Ooh. 
Okay. Well, uh, I mean, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to mark that as a toss up. You do that. Texas is an L. Texas loss. Texas UCF. Dub. Loss. At home. UCF at home. That's a loss. dub. And it's off a bye. Loss. Dub. Kansas on the road. That's a loss. That's a win. Oklahoma State on the road. Win. W. West Virginia at home. Win. Win. BYU on the road. TCU win. at home. Loss. That, that BYU matchup. Uh, BYU's not very good. But also late season so we've on got the road, one, BYU might two, have some together. BYU hey, went 8-5 last year. One, two, three. They lost their quarterback, though. They got Slovis. Yeah, got, they got Keaton. I forgot on. about Slovis. I forgot about Slovis. They got Although Joe Slovis Foy. was Cheeks. Slovis was Cheeks at Pitt, though. One, two, three, give them a better four, Don't five. Worry. BYU with the Samoans, they will give them a great offensive line. And then give them to one, Oklahoma State the year afterwards. One, and then they will acknowledge the tribal chief. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six. We the ones. Seven, eight, nine. That's nine I wins. Think, I think OU will go eight and four. I got OU nine and three. Like, I, I've got. Can I give y'all my whole like ranking of where I've got everybody? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, so I, me and my co-host John, we broke this down a couple days ago. So, I've got my top is Texas at ten and two. Then in a tie for second place is K State and OU. I gave K State the tiebreaker. Um, this will spoil coming into the next segment. I've got it's one, two, three teams at eight and four. I've got TCU. I've got Kansas. And I've got Oklahoma State at eight and four. Uh, at seven and five is Baylor. And is there another team? And then Texas Tech at seven and five. Six and six UCF. Five and seven BYU Houston. Four and eight Iowa State. And all the way at one and eleven is West Virginia. Where was Cincinnati? Oh, Cincinnati. I believe I had him four and eight as well. Let me let me check to make sure Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, four and eight Cincinnati. I, I think that I agree with everything that Levi just said, except for I think TCU is going to be nine and three instead of eight and four. Spare. Where'd know, you have K State? K State was at nine and three in yeah. the Big Twelve Championship game. What, quickly, can we go through Texas's schedule? Because it sounds like all three of us have Texas as the number one team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rice win. Dub. win. Alabama on the road. Lost. Lost, but barely. They only lost by one last year, and they don't have Bryce Young anymore. It is at Alabama at night. It is Tuscaloosa. It is at night. Wyoming. Dub. Baylor on the road. Dub. Kansas at home. Win. The rivalry. OU. 
Dub. Houston on the road. Win. BYU at home. Win. Kansas State at home. Win. TCU on the road. Win. There's some tough games in here. Iowa State on the road. Win. By 70. Texas at home. Or Texas Tech at home. Win. They're gonna they're gonna lose. It's either uh there's Kansas a State or TCU. It's K State or TCU. They lose one of those. Or Alabama. I don't know. I think I only oh, have them in one. Uh, they're losing to Alabama and they're losing one of those close ones to either K State or TCU. I can't put a finger on it which one. If Iowa State still had Hunter Deckers, that is an that absolute murderer's row of K State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. What is it like? JJ Cole now is there starting QB or is there like backup yeah. or whatever? Even though Look, Hunter Deckers was ch- kind of cheeks, oh, not, he was at least the starter. Not kind of. He was. Huh? I'm trying to think. What's His the, numbers were very similar to Spencer Sanders. I will say that. Wasn't Spencer hurt though? <laughs> he was. Well, before he he's, got hurt. Anyway, he was out like the back half of the season. Okay. All of the season. Oklahoma State. Let's do this thing. Eight and five. Bad, 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 bad. Seven and five. Liberty Bowl, but it's going to be bad, 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 bad. Eight and four. Pop Tart Bowl. Let's let's just start. Let's just jump right in. Schedule: Central Arkansas win. W. Arizona State win. W. Win. I don't like it though. South Alabama. W, but it's very close. Ian Ian has texted me that he believes that South Alabama is in question. South Alabama is a very good team. I got this as a very close W for Oklahoma State. It is at home at night. At home at night. Six o'clock, baby. That didn't matter to Missouri State. Uh, All those years ago. That was during COVID. That was during COVID. No, that was 2021. I believe Spencer Sanders had COVID and that he didn't play in that game. They barely beat UC, but they barely lost to UCLA, 31 to 32. I think a similar outcome is going to happen. And who knows? They may. may I don't know anything about them. Did they return their players? I don't know. I'm sure they did. They did get top 25 votes. They have Desmond Trotter at QB, and that sounds like a name. So if we win that game, that can only help our season. I mean, that's if if South Alabama ends up finding themselves. Iowa State on the road just got a lot easier. Win? W. I guess. Kansas State, Friday night. Friday night, Kansas State. Loss. That's a loss, Bubby. Kansas at home. That's a loss. Because of the extra day, I'm going to say that's oh, a win. Wait, let me let me take a look to make sure I've got everything. We haven't right. even talked about the Jayhawks. Let me uh, let me uh, my team. We're it's a habit of where we're just we just don't think about them. Kansas, my prediction for Kansas last year is literally the they called me a madman meme. All right. If you remember last yeah. year, I said they would yeah, start out yeah. five and zero. Oh. Yeah, so did Brandon Walker. So yeah, I've got here. I've got Oklahoma State losing to both Kansas and K State again in back to back years. When is the last time that happened? Like maybe never. Yeah, I don't think they lose to Kansas at home. I don't so think, I think they lose back to back games at home. I think <laughs> because of the extra day, 
if it was a Saturday and Saturday, I'd feel differently. But because it's a Friday and Saturday, they get eight days of rest. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma State. Of course, this is all contingent on the fact that Alan Bowman or Garrett Rangel are not awful. In that Jalen Daniels doesn't decide to choke slam all of Boone Pickens Stadium. You know what? I changed my mind. That's gonna be a loss. Welcome to the club. West Virginia. Dub win. Cincinnati at home. Dub win. Homecoming game also. Oh, Bedlam. Loss. UCF on the road. Loss. Loss. Houston on the road. W, but closer than anybody wants it to be. Win. He never lost to Dana Holgerson. Just saying. Okay. That's, well. that's, that's a W, but it's closer than anybody wants it to be. Yeah. BYU at home. Senior day. Dub. How many losses am I at? Four. One, two, um, oh, you're three, at five if, if you count South Alabama. Yeah. So they will either lose to BYU or South Alabama, and it's seven and five Liberty Bowl. Best pro shop in men. That's a bad season again. Well, you know, I'm just saying. So there's a guy. His name is Casey Dunn, and he's still on staff. You lost a lot of your receivers. Your quarterback situation is a mess. Your running back is Ollie Gordon, who's pretty good. I think he's going to be. I wouldn't call it a mess. It it's a competition. It's a mess. The offense is bad. Bad. The offensive the line can only be better. More can than only be better. In a game was October 22nd against Texas. Since then, 0, 16, 20, 13, and 19, 17. It's bad. It's a disaster. That second half of the season was a collapse, and they're not going to get it done with Rangel. They're not going to get it done with Bowman. Casey Dunn is bad. The offensive line stinks. The only bright spots on the defense are um, uh, Colin Oliver and Kendall Daniels. And Mike Gundy will BS his way to seven wins. It's going to feel like a miracle. You see, whenever I look at this team, it was very bad last year. We ain't going to not going to sugarcoat it. It was bad. Without Spencer Sanders, they were bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. But at the same time, it's legitimately a complete overhaul. Like, this is extreme makeover home edition, you know, where they'd, they'd have the crazy – they'd see a kid and he's like, I like to have a room full of dolphins and mermaids, and they somehow get you a giant fish tank with a dolphin and a mermaid. You don't understand how that's possible. That's what it seems like this team did in the offseason was just – a, a weird, weird, weird facelift to the team. You did what you could uh, out of the transfer portal. We we all saw the NIL stuff that came out like middle of summer about how Oklahoma State just don't got that NIL. So they went and got as much as they could. And I mean, it's not like they're poverty at every single spot. I mean, last year, fellas, like half the team was hurt. Like your biggest ability in football is availability. Oklahoma State didn't have that last year. After you got that sixth win, it was everyone's hurt and everything got worse. Well, at the moment, from what I know, around everybody's healthy, I understand no one knows who that quarterback is, which does not put any faith in anybody. I, I'm i not that like super confident, confident in Alan Bowman because it's a couple good years at Texas Tech, and 
injuries and i mean terrible injuries like a what was it like a puncture no it was like two punctured lungs and a couple other various things along the way and then sitting two years at michigan but there were some great moments out of garrett rangel last year we know what type of alan bowman like what you could potentially be getting because we saw him literally smack oklahoma state when he was at tech so and I'm not saying that he's gonna be that guy. If he is, that's wonderful. That's a that's amazing. But it it's not like this is the worst team in the Big Twelve. This is gonna be an, an all right team, but for Oklahoma State standards, I think eight and four is good. That's a good season. But if it hits seven wins, then people might be ready to to, to throw out and just start throwing pitchforks everywhere in Stillwater. If they go nine and three, I'll buy tickets to the Alamo Bowl. If it let me, can I can I go through projected starters real quick? I got I got one thing. If they go nine and three, you go to the Pop Tart Bowl wearing a Pop Tart costume. Okay. Heck yeah! And you have to eat. If they go eight and four, if if they go if they, if go, they go to the Pop Tart Bowl. Yeah, if they go to the Pop Tart Bowl. If they go, go to, to the, the Pop Tart Bowl, we have to, as a podcast, attempt to, to try every single Pop Tart flavor. Agreed. Yo, oh, that sounds great. Also, my stomach. Levi, you're going to have to get us media passes. <laughs> okay. Projected projected starters Jaden Bray. Jaden Bray hurt all last year. Mm-hmm. Dijon Stribling. From Washington Ooh. State. Zon Stribling was actually like really good at Washington State. Oh, good for him. Blaine Green. Uh not yeah, maybe Blaine Green, but Brandon Presley. Brandon Presley. Brandon Presley. Brandon Presley. With backups being Leon Johnson the third, who went who was from D three. Taylor Chetron. The you Rashad know. Owens. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Arlen Bruce the fourth, who I don't think will play this season. <laughs> He's got to be white. He's the guy from oh, Iowa. Four. Do what? He's the guy from Iowa. He's yeah. in trouble. That, oh, you know, betting. You know, like bet the under and then scored the touchdown to go. My over. former high school uh, goer, Dalton Cooper, projected starter at left tackle. Shout out, Preg Red Devils, with two starters on the Oklahoma State football team with Jake Schultz and Dalton Cooper. Shout out. Shout out. Ooh, I can't wait to blame them for failures. Jason Brooks Jr. didn't play last year. Queso. Queso going to be good. You know what? We back Joe. up. Queso good. Joe Matalski, Preston Wilson, and Jake Springfield with backups being Taylor Materko, Cole Birmingham, among others. And it wouldn't surprise me, like, Cole Birmingham did not play all the last year. Like, it was the bad omen. Like, before the season even started, he had the season Indian injury. And yeah. so he's going to get the opportunity to try to take a spot. And so you got you got at least one starting quality offensive lineman in the Big 12 that's not going to be playing, or at least and Materko. guy. Yeah. And Materko. Taylor Materko is pretty nice as well. Like, it's, again, it's quality guys. It's just last year everybody was hurt it's literally everything bad that could happen and it's not an excuse because you want the guys that are out there then to go out and perform to the best of their ability and they just didn't uh 
tight end, we've got Braden Cassidy transferred Josiah Johnson and Jake Schultz in the mix. I'm going to stop you right there. The tight ends will do absolutely nothing. They haven't done anything for the past three years. Over under 400 yards. Total. I agree with you there. Less. Way less. For the tight ends, oh. under. Yes. Quarterbacks, Alan Bowman or Garrett Rangel. Mm. Ollie Gordon and Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins at running back. Uh, Levi, do you have any uh, word on Elijah Collins if he's doing well in camp? He's the transfer from Michigan State. Honestly, the running back spot has been the place I've heard nothing about. I I assume it's Hopefully that means that Ollie Gordon is just dominating, hopefully. I think it's it wouldn't surprise me because of what you got. And those guys all bring different things to the table. The old-fashioned running back by committee. I've heard Jaden Nixon has put on a lot of weight and that he could be a major factor. Mm. But, I mean, you got three guys that do three different things. Jaden Nixon's your elusive guy, power guy, and Ollie. And then also just your general third down back in Elijah Collins for what he did at Michigan State. Okay, so we can all agree that that position is a lot better than last year. Yeah. Which was, I argue, is the major... The biggest issue with OSU last year, even when Sanders was healthy, was they could not run the football. And that was the same exact issue as it was the year before. They had trouble running the football. Um, Clearly, that's an offensive line issue as well. But that. Yes. And that the offensive line was oft injured. Well, Um, not injured, just bad. Last year, bad. But don't forget, two years ago, that was the Big 12 championship team. Jaylen yeah, Warren. and once Jalen Warren went down, they couldn't run the football. And then obviously they, they, they couldn't get a single edge. You're also forgetting our starting center went out in the Big Twelve Championship game. Yes, yes. A I guy well, that game a later lot. in that later in the year after, because Warren, if I remember right, Warren got hurt like early, like Boise State time, right? And then he played well, and then because he didn't even play in Bedlam, Jalen Warren. Wait a minute. He played the majority of the season, but I don't think he played like the last two, three games of the year. Jaylen yeah, he didn't play in that against uh, Boise State. Yeah, Jalen Warren had like yes. almost 200 I'm, yards. I'm thinking of um, he got hurt early in the season, earlier, like he tweaked a hamstring. Says he played um, 20, or says he played 13 games. He basically played the whole season. He played hurt. in the Bedlam game, but he didn't. He didn't play. Let me anyway. That, anyway. Um, but going into that season, we, nobody thought Jalen Warren was going to be as good as he was. No. So shout out Utah state. Um, offense, I think will be solid. I know Casey Dunn has proven to be bad this year for me is the make it or break it year for him because he's actually going to have to show himself as a coordinator. Cause he doesn't have an experienced in this system quarterback. So, it's going to be up to him to cater the play calling to whichever quarterback is out there. And you've got two, I would say, pretty different ones in Alan Bowman, who is a gunslinger, and Garrett Rangel, who's a little bit more mobile, um, smaller guy. Uh, and But the the being able to turn around and hand the ball off to a solid back, I think, is going to be huge for whichever quarterback wins the starting job. Going to defense, we got Nathan Latou, Justin Kirkland, and Anthony Goodlow, two transfers. 
Anthony Goodlow from Tulsa, Justin Kirkland from says Utah Tech, Colin Oliver, Justin Wright from Tulsa, Xavier Benson, Xavier Benson. Uh, Corners, you've got Cam Smith, Corey Black, and you've got transfers in Kenneth Harris and Ladarius Webb Jr. And then at safety, you've got Kendall Daniels, Lyric Rawls, and Trey Rucker. I think the front seven is solid. Yeah, I'm for sure. For sure. I mean, Colin Oliver is going to be what everyone wished Calvin Bundage was way back when, but more. Like he, you're basically offside penalties. Yeah, minus offside penalties. Basically, that's Oklahoma State's Micah Parsons. That is exactly what he is. He's I Micah, think he's Mike in the orange and black. I think the combination of Justin Wright and Xavier Benson in the middle, um, are it looks like they're changing the defense though a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, it's a three, yeah, three, yeah. Five. I think Nando Brian Nando is going to a three three five. Yeah, Nardo Nardo. used to be used to be four two five. And now it's three three five. I hate that. So I, I think Cody Walterscheid is another guy who might get some snaps in defensive line. Colin Clay, Deshaun Brown. Um, I, I I just think that the defense. Who knows? There's a lot of articles coming out with Brian Nardo saying some crazy stuff, like everybody's underrating us. I think that we're really talented. They've got some dogs, Justin Wright, Anthony Goodlow, Colin Oliver, Kendall Daniels, Corey Black. And they can only improve from last year as well when at times they were bad. Yeah, don't forget last year, though, like 99% of the time, it was a freshman usually somewhere. Yeah, Cam Smith was lost out there sometimes. Yeah, Uh, It does stink. I would have liked to brought back Jabbar Muhammad. Um, but you got that but, NIL money. You got that Washington money. You got that Seattle money. You got that <laughs> Seattle Starbucks money. You got that Seahawk money. You got the good Frazier Crane money. Do you have that Sierra third child money? If the first play of the season, if the first. First play of the season is a screen to Brennan Presley. I think we're going to be in great hands. <laughs> Bro, your, your dreams. I, I would. I assume they're just Brennan Presley on screens, screens, and I assume your nightmares are Brennan Presley on screens, but JL Skinner's in the background. My nightmare is third and one, run up the middle for zero yards instead of throwing a screen. <sighs> I am. I think this team's going to be good. And good I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. I think they're going to be better than people think, and they have a super easy schedule. And I think that they could go eight and four. Yeah, that's good. I have no confidence in this, but I will say, do you really think that Gundy – is not going to give it all he absolutely has to try to beat OU in what will be the last time they play them for a long time. He can try, but he's going to fail. That's just how it works. I'm just saying. And you don't have to play him at the end of the year. It's earlier. 
question at home. Question. If you go seven and five, but you beat OU, is that a good season or not? Yo. <laughs> well, like that's an honest question. If you go seven I mean, and five, but you beat OU, good season or I not? I think good it's season? a satisfying. It's very satisfying. Yeah. It's kind of like when North Carolina beat Duke in Coach K's last year in the in the Final Four. It's like they mm-hmm. forever now can hold that over them. Yeah, forever. Let's let's also be real. Oklahoma State. Oh, you're going to play in like a decade. Like we're going to be in our mid thirties. Oh yeah. Again. Oh, I agree. But like, there's too much well, money on when, this. That's when it's going to be two major conferences by that point, and they're going to have to play each other. Yeah, the NCAA will be nothing at that point. It'll just be whatever new big entity it is. It'll just be two big conferences, the North and the South. Sponsored by Pop-Tarts. 100%. I think I'm all in on the Pop-Tart Bowl now. Ian, why do you got a picture of Eli Apple behind you? Just burnt Pop-Tarts. It's a s'mores. Half half the s'mores are burnt half the time that I cook, so why you got Eli Apple behind you? Some more footwork. And uh, Levi, skill. Levi, you're a you're a OSU. You have contact with OSU being in Stillwater a lot more than Ian and I. What are you hearing honestly about the quarterbacks? From what I heard, and this is literally, it, it, this is not verbatim, so I'm I'm not literally quoting Mike Gundy, but it, it's basically that a quarterback has not been named yet because they have been pretty even so far throughout practices which you can obviously take two ways of a whoa garrett rangel's really stepping up and so alan broman's proving himself to be pretty decent or b well is this because neither of them are sticking out yet is it are we in the battle of the mid-off but it you can take it either way depending on how you look through cards so currently it's still a battle and probably next week about this time because next week will be the last media availability for the summer that's when we'll probably figure out the true starting quarterback for Oklahoma State. So far, no one's being named, but it uh, like nothing would surprise me. And there, it, it also would surprise me somehow Oklahoma State goes to a pl- platoon and just rotate. They they do well, – I'm trying to remember. What year was it where they had the rotation of like two different quarterbacks? Was that it, – It was like way – are you talking way back when it was like Dax Garman, those guys? Uh, maybe I thought for some reason, I thought it was one of Mason's like first years. Yeah, that was that year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it was Dax Garman, West Lunt and Mason. Yeah. But wouldn't surprise me if they're so even, we got to go to rotation. I'll be honest as a guy who's touting OSU as being better than people think that kind of scares me. Because I think that would lean more towards neither of them is separating themselves with elite traits. Well, guess what? A lot of people aren't focused like for next year. Yeah, yeah. Bring up, bring up the old pyramid. Don't forget. Right now, a lot of people people are also focusing on Zane Flores. He's not going to play this year at all. But like, he's your next appointed once this season's over to, the to try to take who that spot. Think that are crazy. Like Garrett Rangel was a way higher recruit than Zane Flores, and he looked so lost last year as a true freshman. Yeah, you would look lost too if sacks of potatoes. I agree. Were injured and were replaced with worse sacks of potatoes 
Then oh. you lost and you had to be guarded by or blocked by cans of potatoes uh, ended up being your offensive lineman. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I don't blame Garrett Rangel for he was tossed to the absolute wolves last year. Um, and then the wolves tossed him to some more wolves. I'm just not high on Alan Bowman. I Do I think that he could shock people? And do I think that transferring can definitely change exactly who you are? I mean, we saw Max Duggan go from bad to Heisman contender. We saw Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Alan Bowman's going to do anything like that, the, those two guys. But I'm just saying that people can change um, from season to season. And... I, I just – I think that Gundy has shown that he doesn't like to go with the younger guys and that he's going to always go with the older guys. And so that's what makes me think that Bowman is going to get that first start. Um, But I could definitely see – I mean, we're not going to learn a whole lot against Central Arkansas. I mean, you could probably throw floors out there and he would beat Central Arkansas. So um, we won't really know – until well i mean arizona state that's that's the second game so we'll know then yeah I'm... i think um Pop-tarts. i think this it's going to be those first three games are going to be a trial run for both you I just think go with the hot hand will come to question yeah hmm. eight and four is pop tart bowl right probably or is Texas. that what used to be the cheese it bowl yeah. yeah. Sick. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I'm down to get some, like, pop. So we merch. have lo- losses to Kansas, Kansas State, OU, and either U- UCF, South UCF. Alabama, or BYU. Oh. We got UCF. UCF. So, Levi, you said UCF was going to go 6-6. Six and six. So you're counting that one of their six wins as OSU. Bingo. <sighs> I don't know about that one, Chief. UCF literally has the game sold out. It's going to be after OU. It's OSU going to be the sold game. game. Every single OSU sold every space single ticket game. for the first time since 2013. You're going to put I mean, all also, your energy to beat the first team. Um, you're, you're putting all your energy to beat OU. You lose, and then you go Bedlam to hangover. the space game. Bedlam hangover. Bedlam hangover. Space game. Space units. But Bedlam hangover. Hold on. It's it's literally I guess I'm just I'm just not super high on UCF. Oh, I'm not either. But at the same time, Space Game they have an easy schedule. UCF has a, UCF has an easy schedule. Kent State, Boise State, Villanova, at K State, Baylor, Kansas, OU, West Virginia, Cincinnati, us, Texas Tech, Houston. Yeah, we're gonna get beat by UCF. Because they also have, out of all the new schools coming in, they've got the more the like the most experienced guys. And I believe that their QB spot uh, is it is it John Reese Plumley? Like he's yeah, pretty, who can't throw. He, he literally doesn't throw. He's he just runs decent. He I was about to say that dude will run his tail end off. So and here's the holy thing. Moses. Sorry, I was looking at uh, BYU's projected starters are like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight transfers. That's what happens when you go from being an independent to Big 12. Including one Caleb Etienne. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, you might be a problem. 
I've had it solidified for a month and a half that Oklahoma State's losing to UCF. Almost two months. That would be a bad loss then if they only go six and six. Well, that's why I have Oklahoma State going eight and four. Oklahoma State going eight and four. Losses to the two Kansas schools, OU and UCF. You get a good bowl game. I feel like that's a nice season. Quickly then, do we want to go through Kansas' schedule? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missouri State. Dub. Win. Illinois at home. Dub. I Illinois is tough. Give me they dub. brought Illinois in a guy. Very good. They might be yeah. they might win the Big Ten West, which isn't saying much, but Nevada on the road. Win. BYU. Dub. Texas. Loss. Loss. UCF. Dub. Win. OSU. Win. Dub. OU. Loss. Loss. Iowa State. Win. Texas Tech. Loss. Loss. At home. Kansas State. At home. Loss. Loss. Cincinnati. Loss. Oh, okay. Let me I'm, let me do my rechecks real quick. Cincinnati is booty. Ian again. I think at that point they'll just be defeated. Cincinnati's got to win some games. So then you're saying okay, that's fair. Kansas loses one, two, three, four, five, six, six. So they're six and six according to Ian. So no, what, Ian had them going five and seven. I'll give them the Cincinnati. So my losses for Kansas, they will lose to Texas. They lose to OU. They lose to Texas Tech, and then they lose to K State. So they're eight and four. Yeah. I I think seven and five is a good spot for them because that's technically improvement. I wait. I'm I'm just confused with then these teams that go seven and five and six and six, but OSU goes eight and four, but they lose to those two teams. I would say that they're better. There's just going to be a whole lot of... I think Kansas uh, surprised everybody last year. Um, And I think there's going to be a lot of tape on them. They did bring back all of the guys that you would want them to bring back. Um... And they still have that really good, you know, backfield duo of Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal. But I don't know. I, I I just think they're they're gonna they might take a step back. I I really like what they got on the offensive side. You're right, that dynamic duo. Nice some they got some decent offensive line and then really a lot of that defense from last year's still there with Kenny Logan Jr., I believe was it Kobe Bryant, who got the yeah. preseason list, in which I was, I even talked to Kenny Logan whenever he was at Big 12 Media Days about his thoughts about it. And I, I should have mentioned, like, what did you think about your teammate in the award instead? Kind of be like, one of the league could pass on, but he was agitated. He didn't get on those preseason honors lists. Like, that's, that's a dark horse for defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Dark horse, because it's most likely going to go to like a linebacker, defensive lineman. But I, I think. Kansas is going to bring the fury this year. 
they also brought in a bunch of transfers on defense, like yep. from SEC got from SEC schools. Lightpole's got, got from, people buying in. You got a people from Auburn, people from the U, people from Minnesota, LSU. So, I'll, okay, I'll buy then. I th- I th- I think we lose to K State on the Friday. I think that we that game against Kansas is is a toss up, and I think I think it could go either way. So that's the difference between eight and four, and nine and three. And if there's any year that we have a, a good shot of being OU, it's this year. We still go because there's literally no expectations. There is there. OSU doesn't have high expectations. They're not projected to win a whole lot this year. OU is has a ton of pressure this year to win after last year. And it's the last time you ever have to play these guys. Like I it's just why aren't just throw everything out. Saying that there's bedlam. no pressure. Saying there's no pressure for Oklahoma State is no. They here. were picked to finish seventh in the conference. But from Oklahoma State fans, the only thing that they matter, it's either A, good record, or B, beat OU. If the only thing that mattered to OSU fans was Bedlam, then Gundy would have been fired a long time ago. Well, then we'd be a rotation door. Here's the thing. If you have a good record, you're okay with not winning Bedlam. If you don't have a good record, you must at least win Bedlam. You have to do one of the two to check off a, a good season for Oklahoma State fans. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that the schedule is easy enough around it that you can safely assume that they're going to have a pretty good record. Yeah. So it should be a good season by that point. Like, and here's the thing, there's pressure every year to beat OU because we rarely do it. There's always going to be pressure. And because now you won't play OU for a decade plus because of already scheduled things for Oklahoma state, there's even more pressure behind it because you'll then have a little bit of leverage of like saying, Hey, we beat you last. So I think there's way more pressure on OU because OU, if if they do what we think they're going to and they're actually contending a little bit, then that loss would be devastating for them because that's everyone assumes they're going to win. Yeah, that would be devastating. I just know Boone Pickens is going to be absolute madhouse for that game. That They may break the attendance record for that game. Which the attendance has gone down based on the remodels. Oh, good point. Well, they'll max it out. Like a true max out. Not I mean, season tickets not, will max it out and it will not matter. Season It'll tickets are sold half out. Half empty by the third quarter. Okay, that is a not a good attitude. Um, <laughs> We're going just, to Memphis. Don't forget, Ian's the pessimist out of us. Don't forget that. Yeah. Again... I, I just I think that they're all of the parts are there for us to potentially beat them this year. The more you talk yourself into it, the more hurt you're gonna get. Oh, nothing. I'm dead. What is dead may never die. Like I as an OSU fan, I, I'm dead inside. Levi knows. We watched the, the Big Twelve Championship. Like I was yeah, on the ground. I was dead. I was, we've already been dead, homie. We're all dead. Levi knows. I was my soul, a part of my soul died that day. Push me to the edge. All my friends in, are dead. In triple play sports radio studio. 
um, a part of me died. The roaches ate that part. The Iowa State um, miss field goal. A part of me died. I'm not going to lie. This remodel for Kansas looks nice. It does. That's part of a $300 million package. Good for them. That's pretty good. How much did Boone Pickens cost? A lot. I don't remember. Oh, gosh. This is a lot of money. I'll be honest. I don't know if it was $300 million. Then again, there's inflation. In this economy? Uh, But let's go. Uh, championship matchup champions. Big 12 player of the year. Coach of the year. And you know what? Breakout player of the year. I want to give a different layer. Breakout player of the year. Hmm. All right. You want to go first? Yeah. I'll go. F- I can go first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You go first, then we'll let we'll let Ian get out of his graveyard. Yeah. Uh, so I got Texas over Kansas State. I have. Uh, I got. <laughs> I thought what? we were letting Parker go first so you can get out. It's okay, Ian. Roll <laughs> it. Sorry. I roll it. Roll, roll it. it. Sorry. Sorry. We're rolling. I got Texas over Kansas State. I um I got Quinn Ewers as my player of the year. And I got Joey McGuire as my coach of the year. Okay. Wow. That's, That's a that is a quite the mixed bag there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really um, on Texas Tech. I think Texas is going to win the conference. I think Quinn Ewers is going to be the player of the year. And I think... Uh, coach of the year? Hmm. Would they give it to Venables if OU wins 10 games? No. Actually, yeah, probably. Maybe. No, I guess I'll have to go with Sarkeesian. Maybe Joey McGuire. I mean, they won eight games last year. So, um, I won it and then breakout player, I'm going to go with, um, it's a toss up between the running backs of TCU and K state, the new running backs. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with uh, the the new guy from for TCU from Louisiana. I think he's going to be a bowling ball for them. So my my matchup I got K-State beating Texas in the Big 12 championship. I got Will Howard being the player of the year. I think dude's just going to have an efficient QB season. Uh coach of the year because it'll be one of the first new schools to get bowl eligible, Gus Malzahn. And then my breakout player of the year will be Jonathan Brooks. I believe that's the right name. Jonathan Brooks, starting running back out of Texas. Because I understand Ewers and what he has. I don't think you're going to switch it up and just go so QB heavy. I think you're going to have to have that run game. You're not going to be able to repa- replace Bijan, but you got enough guys around you to where you can at least get a thousand yard back out of somebody. And I think Jonathan Brooks 
in his like 30 attempts he had last year, it was right around 30. He had just a little bit under 200 yards and five touchdowns. Give, I mean, that dude, give him around, goodness, how many carries would he probably get? He get a lot of, he get a good chunk of carries. That dude screams 1,000 yard back with double digit touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Imani Bailey is the running back from TCU. Whenever you originally said Amani Bailey, I was thinking, are you talking about Amari Bailey, the guy that went to UCLA that Drake was trying to mack on his mom? No, no. <laughs> That's what uh, I initially thought. And <laughs> I, I'd have to look at the schedules again. I think it might be Texas OU in the t- in the championship. Because I think OUK State and TCU are going to be tied. And so I, mean, I don't know the tiebreaker. It could be TCU or OU. I think OU will be close, but no cigar. I think Venables at least saves his job. Like he's going to, he's got it to where he'll lock his job down for another two years. You're going to, you think they would fire a guy whose wife just got diagnosed with breast cancer? Oh, yeah. That sounds Jeez. like something. Oh, and that I, actually sounds like something why, Auburn would do. Why'd you bring that up? I didn't think about that. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, OU, they only care about football. Like, like let's be real. Even with their Facts. softball dynasty, they only care about football. Ugh. Hey, Kenny G from the top rope. We don't have to talk about that, but. That's for a different podcast episode. So funny that he's from OU. It's so funny. And it's so hypocritical because you know when that job opens up, he's going to be begging for it. Oh, I don't know about that. I think no. This is a whole. This is a softball tangent, but I think they're going to give it to her son, who's at Utah right now. But um, I'm I'm gonna cut this part out because I want to save it for a different episode. Okay. Um. All right. Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Oh wait, quickly. Heisman contenders. I have a list. The Heisman odds. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Cade Kulubnik, Kulubnik Quinn Ewers, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. Um, can't even read my own name. Jordan Travis and Marvin Harrison Jr. I got six words. Three-man race. Uh-oh. Drake May winner. That was six words, thank goodness. I had had to pause for a second. I I think it's going to be a three-man race between... It's going to be between Caleb Williams, Drake May, and because of what Marvin Harrison will do this year, they'll try to make a push for him as a wide receiver to take it. But no one's going to give a wide receiver unless you're you're Devontae Smith and he does what he did last year and or what he did in his year. My King skinny Batman, skinny Batman. I thought you were about to say skinny something else. Um, But yeah, I think for for one thing, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be like a top four pick. He's going to be insane, but so is Drake may and Caleb Williams. I think, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is very good. They are hyping him up like he is the next coming of like Christ on online. Have you all heard the stuff about how he like now runs like a four two? Dang. Yeah, they like there's articles coming out where he's like, Yeah, I think I can run faster than a four three. 
it's it's weird that there might be a chance Marvin Harrison Jr. might be better than his dad, and his dad was Hall of Fame. Oh, he's so different from his dad. I know his dad was a a big time like possession receiver. I love Marvin Harrison. I think or Harrison Jr. I think he could. I think he could win it. I think that it could be a three man race between Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix. Drake may, and then Marvin Harrison will get an invite. You know who I, also... I think Jaden Daniels will take, I don't think Jaden Daniels will be as good as people are saying. Although LSU, I don't know. I'd have to do some more research on LSU. The thing is though, Daniels has an NIL deal with Raising Canes. So he's technically already uh, winning. Well, yeah, seriously. What a King for that. But I think Drake May would have had a great shot at the Heisman this past season if he wasn't at a place named North Carolina. I think it's because well, he's, he's at, still there. I know, but I mean, he had a great chance, like stats wise. If you were wanting the stats guy, if we did like the blind test and you didn't know the names, you would have went Drake May for a Heisman because what he did or Penix. Season. No, Penix, like, he led the country in receiving or uh, th- uh, passing yards last year touchdowns went to i think it was drake may by like a good margin if i remember right like drake may passing touchdowns yes yeah like drake may was insane i'm i'm gonna check my stats from last year to make sure i don't know do we really think north carolina is gonna make enough noise no we thought sam howell was the guy he was booty at north carolina um I do think Drake May had an incredible season last year, and I do think that he has NFL intangibles. Um, I just don't know uh, if he's going to get all the way there. Do we think Caleb Williams gets an invite to the Heisman this year? Probably. You know who I really like this year? I don't know if he'll win it, but I like Harold Perkins Jr. a lot from LSU. I don't think a defensive player will win it, but I think he is really good. Is a wild card Travis Hunter? Could he do enough? Because he's going to be playing no. both sides of the ball. No. No. Just a just a wild card. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about Cade Klubnik a little bit, a lot more on the ACC portion of this podcast. But I think him and Garrett Riley are going to be a lethal combination. And I, it- I definitely think he could be in the running. Drake May was sixth. Gah. Drake May was sixth behind uh, Caleb Williams, CJ or CJ Stroud, Clayton Toon, Austin Reed, and Sam Hartman. Oh, he's tied with Sam Hartman. Clayton Thune. Clayton Thune is still there at Houston. Right? No, or did Clayton, he go to the Clayton league? He, he, I thought he went to the league. Oh, yeah, man. he's with Arizona. Yeah, he the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's probably gonna be starter day one because Kyler's out for six weeks. Okay. Oh, cool. But Sam Hartman is at Notre Dame. Sneaky Heisman pick, I think. At my plus eighteen hundred. Sam odds is May. Yeah, Drake May does not have great odds. The number one is Caleb Williams. Um, and I think maybe Jaden Daniels is second, right? Yeah, that I find that kind of crazy. I did not list the odds, like them in order of odds. I just listed the guys who I thought were going to factor in. Jordan oh. Travis is like plus 1,400. Well, fellas, if you had $5 right now, 
Who you who you putting that five dollars on trying to see if you can make some money? Klubnik. Harrison Jr. Even though it's technically a quarterback Ooh. award. Klubnik or Ewers. Klubnik or Ewers for me. My demon side wants to say Penix and just YOLO. Purple Kool-Aid. Like I legit that dude is gonna be the mo- one of the most entertaining quarterbacks of the year. Even if he's not gonna be a Heisman guy. Like that dude's gonna be great. Um The thing is I if Drake May was at anywhere not named North Carolina, he would have so much better odds. Like if this dude was somewhere like vi- like I wish I wish Drake May was at like Clemson. Like that would be phenomenal. Like Drake May Clemson, he would almost have like a high. He could have went to Alabama. He would have had Heisman stamped on his head. He could have went to Alabama. I wouldn't want like him he to go to Alabama. I I think that that was in the cards, and the NIL kept him at North Carolina. Well, that would have been bad for him, especially for the future. Although he- uh, Alabama did go out and get Tyler Buchner from Notre Dame. Uh, in addition to Jalen Milroe, who was already there, and a freshman they have. Yeah, now that we've been talking, like, we've had subtle mentions of the SEC throughout the whole podcast. Yeah, they're definitely on the downward. Yeah, we've been doing this for almost three hours, by the way. Yeah. Thank That's you, what Zoom Premium. <laughs> that $8 All right. coming in handy. All right. I think that about wraps it up for part I mean, one. Need a nap of the IPL podcast college football preview. We will be back next week with the part two covering SEC, ACC, Big Ten. Uh, it will probably be as long as this one uh, and bowl preview as well. Leading up to fellas, next, am I wrong? Next, next week, week, is week is week zero. Yeah, next uh, week I was is about week to say- zero. I was about to say you're not wrong. uh, Notre Dame and Navy, is it? Yep, in Ireland. Is next week. So college football is here, and we are here for you, the IPL podcast. I'm Parker Terrell for Levi Peckinpah, Ian Nickel, signing off for part one. Thank you all. Go get your oil changed.